You seek truth, traveler. You will find none here. What you really seek is justice. But you will find it blind and twisted by those who wield it like a blade to cause harm. Spare a thought for those cut down at the edge of this blade, for they cry out unheard and forgotten. For it is the duty of the living to seek the justice of the dead. monster this but you've got to listen to me voice instead so good evening um if any of you are in Hammersmith good evening Hammersmith and good evening to everybody else wherever you may be whether you may have just been listening to Motorhead or not good evening um you are listening if you've just been listening to Motorhead you'd have had no sleep if you were in Hammersmith no, joke, well, well yeah unless you've just listened to Motorhead and then got to Hammersmith at which case you've just nodded off that's true that's so a very kept, peculiar reference. You, Only a few people are going to get you. Do realise that? I, of well, uh, we go for quality, not quantity, don't we, Clive? That's true. That's true. That's, right. That's what a classic album that is. It's a good one. Uh, is that one? I was there that night. Were you? I think you'll find was, that our career is basically the opposite of that: quantity, not quality. That's what, that's what the critics have always said, anyway. Well, yeah, but who, who cares what they what they say? They don't. They're not saying it now, though, are they? But because we're we're back again, fisting justice, giving it a proper good seeing to episode three in the case of the Black Country Three, because yes. those four poor dear departed boys. We are back with which I believe I think we're going to get this cleared up this time. What do you reckon, lads? I think I've, I think we've got some conclusions coming at the end of this. Spoiler alert! Don't skip ahead. Actually, sorry, mate. I'm completely bamboozled by the fact that you were at that gig because you know what? For the last forty years, I could have sworn it was you that I heard at the beginning of uh, Bomber or the last track, and now you just confirmed that. I could hear you shouting in the crowd. Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's always been my favourite Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Uh, I was thinking aeroplanes, bombers. No, it's always been my favourite motorhead track as bomber. Oh, right. Well, there you go. Definitely. Anyway, sorry. Come on, let's get back yeah. onto it. So, um, back onto the case of the Black Country Three, which, as we've we've ascertained, last episode has got more twists and turns than Spaghetti Junction. But we're going to straighten it all out. We are. It's going to be all sorted out, just like a cold day in Gravely Hill. Okay, so we're gonna. In, I've got an interview. What I did that you're going to listen to in a minute with a meteorologist. He works for the Met Office. Not not a copper. He's not in the Met. He works for the Met Office. He's like a weatherman. He's uh, Stuart Rouse Tomlinson is his name. Very nice chap he was when I spoke to him, um, and he's. Ex- He's explained to me the meteorological phenomena that may or may not have presented themselves on that July evening in 1973. Well, I mean, yes, because that was the thing, right? We've 
we explored the other angles related to this tragic incident, namely the van, which was falling, the mm-hmm. construction of Spaghetti Junction, also falling, the fact that, you know, the local myth- underground mythology in Birmingham has always laid, pointed the finger firmly at the, gra- the Gravely Diggers Motorcycle Club, but that was nonsense as well, as we found out. So indeed, the, the gravely diggers that couldn't dig an allotment, I believe it was. It was. Well, you know, it's it's the, the grass was certainly the word most commonly used with them. That's very true. So anyway, very true. Both of those things are oh, all of that is out, mm-hmm. which just leaves us with well, what happened on that night. So um, and the strangest element of it all, in, in, in many regards, as you know, what happened to Jack Newell's Todger. That's well, the, that's I mean, the that's, thing, isn't it? That's that's, the, that, that's certainly up there. That's certainly that's, one of the great mysteries. And and well, I'd, I'd imagine with Jack Newell, is it was it was certainly up there a few times. But he um you know he'd like to put it about, I understand. So, but anyway, a mystery that has been you know in the in in the forefront of our our, our investigation uh, is what happened to his prized member on that evening because it wasn't with him at the point of uh, when his body was uh, recovered. So that's a mystery. And the other mystery was the fact that the van door was at the top of Spaghetti Junction and the rest of the van was a burning wreckage at the bottom of it. So we'll see if we can throw any light on that as well. But um, why don't we listen to your chappy? The, The official report, of course... The official report, of course, states that the van slid on black ice, which is what piqued my interest because this is July and it's ice in, in July. Well, I mean, 1973, we're only three, three years away from the hottest summer on record, really, in you know, the famous summer of 76, yeah. which we'd all remember really well. Um, yeah, if you'd, but, if you'd heard of El Nino back then, you would have. You would have thought it was a, you know, some Mexican band coming in or something you served on your. I know. I would, I would have thought. Food. I'd have thought they've had some some app full of guacamole or something. Did, didn't you get really badly sunburnt uh, at Skegness that year? You looked like a lobster. I've never looked better. Let me tell you, I've well, never looked better than I did in 1973. I was in peak physical condition then. I was talking oh. about 76 with the heat, you know, with the uh, with the. Oh, I see. Oh no, the, the, oh god, yeah, I was. I was burnt rawer than a than an overcooked steak yes. at, a, at one of your barbecues. That'll teach you to fall asleep, you know, during a, a rendition, my, my my stunning rendition of Stairway to Heaven that I reinterpreted the last yeah. 43 minutes. Stanna Stairway to Heaven, that's what they called it. Stanna Stairlift to Heaven, yes, yeah, probably about right these days. Yeah, sounds about right, yeah. Um, but what, what, what Stuart did when, when I interviewed him, he he's got um he's got some uh, he bought me some documents he bought me the official Met Office records for 1973. Right. So did did you know that on that day, lightning damage and floods were reported from a number of places. 137.4 millimeters of rain fell in a 24-hour period in Rivelin in the West Riding of Yorkshire. Right. It was windy, bloody everywhere, from what I can see. 
Yes. On the 17th, a whirlwind lifted a greenhouse off the ground in Bognor Regis. Well, there you go. Well, I suppose it wasn't one of uh, our sponsors' greenhouses, was it? Because that it, could withstand it anything. It was not. I don't even oh, think absolutely. a category... I don't think a Category 5 could get a proper Ava thrown out the ground once you've got those proper, proper ground spikes in. in. Yes, that's true. It, exactly. I mean, if, if I'm honest with you, the greenhouse is probably making a break for freedom from Bognor Aegis. It is a bit of a shithole. Well, I, 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 I did have some fond memories there once upon a time, but that's a different story entirely. I, didn't, I, you, didn't you used to have a stint at the Bodlins there? I did. I did. I used to play. I used to play the Hammond organ, um, but some of the, some of the redcoats were a bit mean, and they used to sellotape me to the speaker that span round and round and round and round and round after hours, and I used to get ever so dizzy and fall into the bar. But it's anyway. funny because in Bognor Aegis they used to have a nightclub that had a spinning dance floor. I remember that. I'm sure. I'm sure I was taken there by one of the, one of the lasses on 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 the road once. I I get a bit nervous if I spin around too fast now. Anyway, we're, we're digressing, fellas. We're digressing. This yes, isn't so this isn't studio time. Let's no, let's, let's let's focus. Let's focus. Let's focus, focus on what Nobody we're doing. So, so are, are you ready to hear the conversation? Yes, what I, let's, what let's, let's that go. I had with Stuart Rouse Tomlinson, meteorologist extraordinaire. extraordinaire. Nice. Yes. Oh, it's a bit nippy this morning. Oh no, the frost's got them in plums. They're ruined. Don't just hate you when that happens. Hi, I'm the Thomas Frank Bowen, of Evergreen, the UK next lead greenhouse fire. They just hate it when spending months cultivating crops and then suddenly along comes a cold snap. In one night. It's so demoralising. I hate it. I hate the bloody weather. Well, with the Evergreen thermal defence system, you can protect against just this very thing. Using a combination of high-tech microwave and infrared technology, developed with our partners in global intelligence gathering, used to heat your greenhouse, you can say goodbye to the wadis of global warming. Easy to use thermostat. You can even control it from your phone. I can feel my skin burning, so what? That's right, sir. But be careful, it's the same technology is being used in over 50 countries to keep us all safe. So, you want to go avocados and anklid, coconuts in Copenhagen, or just send good old Jack Frost back to the Ice Age? Can. It's the ever-grown patent thermal defenses. We are here, joined by meteorologist extraordinaire, Mr. Stuart Rouse Tomlinson, who has come on to give us some extra insight into the fate of the Black Country Sea. Good afternoon, Stuart. How are you? Good, good, good afternoon, there, young man. Uh, it's a pleasure to speak to you. Yes, uh, who, are the, who, are the, who are the Black Country? Th- uh, were they some sort of music hall act? I, I don't know who they were. Oh, I, I, I think that if that's if that's the way that you would would describe a, a group of musical artists, then yes, we'll go with that. They oh, were um, a group of uh, of young men who were unfortunately died in mysterious circumstances involving. Badly a crash. hell, that is that is jolly poor luck. It, 
it, it really was because they died in a van crash in July 1973. And uh, working class types, I see. Uh, it also makes sense now. Yes, absolutely. Right, right. Yes, they're just a very, very, very hard working and they were a class act indeed. Um, now, they were driving um, around Spaghetti Junction, which was just recently newly opened um, in 1973. I think it had only been open for a year or so. Um, but the reason we would like to speak to you, the reason I got I got in touch, was, was um was that I wanted somebody from from, from the meteorology office, the Met Office, whatever you call yourselves, um, to explain something that we saw in the official police report into this accident. And um, I'll, I'll be I'll level with you. We I might edit this bit out afterwards. I don't know. Um, but Michael Fish was busy, so um, so they t- they put us in touch bloody with you. Fish, bloody bloody Michael Fish. Talk to him, you'll get done. I mean, the man knows nothing about weather. You can look out the bloody window, see it's raining, and tell you it's a sunny day. The man's an absolute ass. Uh, I, I, I feel <laughs> like we, I'm. We were back in Oxford, I'd, back in Harrow, I'd have given 60 lashes and had done with it. Uh, uh, have, have, have you come across Mr. Fish before? Has he, has he swum across your path, so to speak? Well, fingers, we used to call him back in the office, you know. I can see that. I can see that. I like that. It's nice to know. Nice Terrible to know, that, Terrible nice to know that you boffin types have got a sense of humour. I like it. But terrible yes. human being? How can how can the, the face of the nation's weather in I the nation obsessed with I told him. There I was. You told him what? 1985, I was there. I said, Michael, you're damned fool. Any day, any year now, we're going to get a hurricane, and I know it. I can prove it. Weather's going that direction. He just he looked at me, and he said, get out of my office. And I, Are you saying oh, that? What, what, what man was you... a fool. What year did you just say there? 1985. I could predict the weather. I was, I've, I've well ahead of the game. Are you saying that you predict, you, you knew about the 1986 hurricane that, that, that destroyed half of southern England? Some of us are professional meteorologists, and some of us are wannabe TV celebrities. And Michael Fish is a goddamn wannabe TV celebrity. Oh dear, right. I could have um, had that job as well, you know. Could have been me. Then like my bloody accent, I want to say more something a bit more for the people rather than just someone well educated like myself. Oh dear. Oh, oh I'm I'm sorry to bloody, hear that. I, bloody BBC. So um I didn't mean to open any old old wounds there. I I, I do apologise. So what took you to the how did you end up in the Met office then? Let's have a bit of backstory of Stuart Rouse Tomlinson. Yes, well, I, I was I was educated at Harrow. Mama and Papa sent me there when I was four, and uh, you know, collected me when I was a strapping lad at eighteen. You know, it's I'd seen them in the winters and obviously at Christmas, but uh, most of our summers were were spent. You know, they would they would travel around the the Seychelles, and I would be uh, back on the estate by myself. Oh, but uh, you know, it was a it was a happy childhood. Me and old. Johnny and the lads, we'd have a jolly old time. Oh, jolly good. Yeah, a jolly old time. Uh, and, and where did you go um, after that? That's quite, quite, a, quite a lauded and, and famous school, is that, isn't it? Well, I, I, I tried to get into Cambridge, but unfortunately I, I, I couldn't make the grade, so I had to 
stick with Oxford. It was, you know, not my first choice, but it was it was, it was possible. We had, you know, it was a lovely place. And obviously, you know, it's university set and all that. You tend to, you know, find out who you are as a person. And I suddenly found out who I was about and what I was interested in then. And that was the weather. Well, people do say us Brits are obsessed with it. Well, um, absolutely. And I had been ever since I was a lad, and there had been a, a rare instance of, uh, of of some frogs falling from the sky And uh, when I was a boy, and it obsessed me ever since. You know, Obviously, I know now that it was just water scooped up by wind, and you know, the frogs hadn't actually travelled down from the sky. But, you know, when you're a boy, that sort of thing leaves an impression. I, I, I'll imagine it. I imagine it would do if bloody great green thing landed on me out of the sky. I'd be be brown trousers time. I tell you, I wouldn't, wouldn't have a fascination. I'd have an evacuation. But anyway, um, so um, so you went to a a, a very um, traditionally um, British boarding school, and then Oxford University, and then um, that's where you discovered your love of meteorology. So where did you go after uni? Did you go straight to the Met Office from there, or did you do did you do anything else first? No, I, I thought I'd try and see some of the world, you know, as you, as you do. And I thought, well, the best way to do that, and you know, earn a few pennies at the side is join the RAF as a as a you know a meteorologist. There, I got my degree in meteorology from Oxford. You know, one one it doesn't like to brag, but one did get a first, and you know, it's. Very, very nice, very nice so, yeah, indeed. I got a first that, warning uh, last time I was in Oxford for parking on the wrong side of the street. And you know, it was just uh, you know the, the blue uniform and all. You were quite the hit with the ladies as well. It was it was, it was quite a wonderful time actually. I mean, I did have a little trip down uh, south of the equator, a little uh, sojourn, shall we say, down to the Falklands for a little bit. Yeah, and then yeah, right. uh, once I got bored of counting goats, I decided to head back to London and. Uh, Signed up with the med office. Well, a well-travelled and fascinating individual. What what that you is already, and we haven't even got to what was going on. So, wow. Okay. Who knew there was so much involved and so so much about going into being a weatherman? Now, I mean, you know, you don't have to join the RAF, but I just, you know, seem like the sort of thing a strapping young lad like myself at the time should have done. You know, my oh, father had been involved in the RAF. He'd uh, overseen one of the factories as uh, you know, during the Second World War, and I thought, well, you know, let's let's go that little step further. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, it's nothing wrong with that. My old, my old man used to sell knockoff nylons that he'd pinched from the Yanks. So, um, you know, there was nothing really too grand about his uh, service record, shall we say. Um, so the reason... I wanted to pick your brains, though. So, 1973, you were working at the Met Office then, am I right? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yes, there I was, yeah. Me, Fishy was there as well, you know. He'd actually, he'd just departed, in fact. He'd gone to the BBC to become his TV celebrity, the fame-hungry... One doesn't like to use the word he was going to there, but... Oh, a word oh. similar for the lady of ill repute. That's, oh, oh, uh, oh. that's, that's what I'd rephrase him as. Oh, was, was he soliciting his meteorological services, do you think? Uh, a proper meteorologist is there for the research, not there to appear on people's televisions and tell them a bunch of old lies and just tell, you know, frankly appalling, man. 
Well, well, well. That, that off, there's, there's, I think there's a whole series just in that. We'll, we'll have to have a word with the sponsors, maybe. Now, 1973, July, seems completely normal. Um, but you've brought us a copy of the official meteorologist's, um, what's it called? The official Met Office annual report the meteorology meteorological office annual report 1973 uh from hmso one pound ten it's something that the med office has done every year since it's uh since its creation actually under its various guises throughout the years and they're, they're all easily accessible on i think they've digitized a lot of them now this is the i've, I've got this the scan here of my original copy um, but yes, you know, you can, everything gets rec- recorded properly, you know. So what I would... Um, you don't have to worry about it being on film, you know, writing things down, much better. Man, that's that's true. Now, what I would draw your attention to is page, page 70 of the document. I would draw your attention towards the bottom end of the page. Now, not where um, some um, unfortunate uh, chap was struck by lightning in Hartlepool. Um, although that is the beginning of August. Um, what I can see here, and this this matches up with this, well, it it says the same thing as the police report for the crime, uh, for the for the accident. So the accident with with the, this band, the Black Country Three, they it says their van slipped on black ice. And then went over the railings and over the edge of Spaghetti Junction. Now, Black Ice and July don't often collide in the same sentence, as I'm sure you will. Um, well, well you know, I mean, stranger things have happened, as you know, as as you know, often proven. Especially you know, you look at the weather we get these days, all over the bloody shop. So it says here that, um, for example, on the sixth, lightning injured two boys in Harrow. You never it might have been at your old school, uh, and electricity supplies to Canvey Island were cut off for a time. Well, now, that that sounds like a, the, the right thing to do, if you ask me. But anyway, no, 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 right now it says immediately after that bit, right. Among the intense falls of rain, which resulted in sudden floods in some localities, uh, one of 116.5 millimetres in 54 hours, which was reported from Chessington, in Gravely Hill, West Midlands, a localised area of sleet leading to freezing rain caused at least one road incident leading to four deaths. This is classified as a very rare fall. So there it is in the Met Office report. That yeah, so, you know we like to be thorough with all of our recording. You know these are you know could, are you, are you case in point. Me, here we are now. So are, are you telling me that we should we should believe that there was ice on the road in July 1973? Well, see the thing with freezing rain is although it's very rare in this country, we don't you know probably got about four or five cases in recorded history. I think the most recent of which was, you know, 1996, if I remember absolutely correctly. And strangely enough, that also affected this uh, West Midlands area as well. So, I mean, I, I can't say I'm surprised it had happened before. I mean, the month is obviously slight injury. I think I don't remember who compiled the report in 73. It may have been one of the office juniors. 
Uh, I can't remember exactly, but it could have been Thompson, it could have been Phillips, either of those two. But stand-up chaps, both properly educated. So, you know, I, I wouldn't take it as any sort of uh, error on, on the uh, on the Met Office's part, if I may. Well, you see, that's what that's what I was thinking, because obviously, obviously, the, it, that's what it says in the police report that the van slid on black ice, but nobody else slid on black ice. And obviously, Spaghetti Junction is quite a busy place. And it just seemed a bit suspicious that why does one van plummet to it to the death of four four passengers and nobody else? Well, I mean, can, can, can it can black ice or can, can ice form and then disappear that quickly? So, I mean, the thing with freezing rain, it's a, it's a rare, unusual occurrence in this country, especially. So what you get is you get, you know, high atmosphere, you know, snow, sleet, hail, sleet in this case, you know, start high up in the atmosphere. And as it starts to fall, it melts and then turns back into into rain. What happens is if may have it comes into contact with a, a freezing uh air layer uh and then you know as soon as it touches the ground it freezes instantly and that's just how it goes you know it's just one of those things it freezes instantly right yeah, oh absolutely heck. yeah it's a, I, I, we, we might have to see yeah, is super but, super cold rain is what it's called it, it, right well you, you, you I, I, what I will do is, is once we've recorded, I will get some information from you on that and I'll see if I can put some links in with the show to to go um, uh, to give our listeners a bit more information on the phenomenon because it's not something I'd ever heard of. I mean, it tends to have, you know, it takes place about, you know, two, one to two kilometres, you know, above ground level. So it's it's not, you know... Oh, so like I, your, I, I, your average rain cloud so it's, it's you know it's, it's, it's oh, well, well up there and oh right okay well that'd be why i don't see i'm only five foot six so okay no that's that that's fine so so you believe and you've got your copy of the document there with you and and can you see that on page 70 yes i mean uh, yeah absolutely i know it's, it's, it's Clear as clear as day, and as I said, that is, you know, and, and never, that's the same copy never, that you've had. That's the same copy that you've had since 1973 when you were working for the Met Office. Absolutely, this is my this is the paper copy I was issued. So that can't have that can't have been that can't have been edited then. The 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 police basic my concern was that the police were covering it up and had changed the official Met Office records had gone back. Are, in you, are you trying to suggest that the Met got involved with the Met? I don't think so. We're a proper organisation. None of this tomfoolery of you know. I mean, yeah, well, you know, the only I, I, pressure we deal with is barometric pressure. None of this pressure from police agencies. Um, well, I didn't know if there'd been some 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 hot and heavy some hot and heavy met on met action um, going on. If they'd been leaning on you or anything like that. But you're you're saying that this has been on your bookshelf or in your document your documents throughout your career since it was issued, and it's never been edited or or anything. I have kept every single Met Office report in a box file in my study. Since I joined the Met Office in 1968. Right, so 1968 to what to the present to the, to the present. Oh uh, no, I, I retired five years ago. You're not you're not still on the mailing list, then? Oh, you don't? I, yeah, I still know a couple of people at the office, and they they 
send all the paperwork out to me and I'd have a read through. You know, I've got my own, uh, you know, out in the out in the shed, I've got my own little uh, um, observation post. You know, like to keep the records up to date and current. I, I I got bought one of those weather stones ones. I quite like quite like that. My favourite one that says, um, "If the stone has gone, there's been a tornado." That's jolly lovely. Yeah, it's just you know. Oh, if you can't see the stone, then it's foggy. I mean, meteorology is not something to mess around by amateurs. You know. Um, I bet you've got a weather vane, haven't you? I bet you've got a weather vane on your on your house. I have it's in the shape of a guitar. Absolute nonsense. Proper study, not just by what what direction a blooming metal. It has got got one of them spinny gubbins on the top. Yes, I'm sure it has. Sure it has. Uh, And you know, I have to I have to I have to climb up twice a year and get some WD forty on it. Otherwise if it start if it if it starts squeaking and it it it's it's like a hamster's orgy if I don't keep it keep it well oiled. Um but anyway, that's again something else. So Let's let's sum up then, um, Stuart, because um, I'm conscious that you, you you're a busy man and you're giving up your your time for us, which we do appreciate. Sounding a bit cloudy outside, so yeah, I wouldn't mind getting out there actually, if you wouldn't mind uh, speeding okay. us up. Yeah, we'll speed it up, and you can go and count the cumulo nimbus or whatever it is what you do to get off. Um, so you're saying that the theory of black ice is both scientifically plausible and also from a timeline perspective, matches a document that you have from the original time that can't possibly have been altered since. Scientifically plausible and a matter of record. Right. Well, um, I think with that, it, it, we'll have to go back to the studio and I will play this to, to Alan. That's what you used to say to Michael Fish all the time, back to the studio. Bloody Michael Fish. Well, can I just say, that Stuart bloke sounded like a right posh twat. Yeah, I've got to admit, he wouldn't go very far around our our neck of the woods uh, while still maintaining all of his dentistry. He, he was very, he was very well to do. I mean, I, I had him on, I had him on video call, and and he, he had plus fours on and everything. But he was wearing a cravat. Yeah, you know, you know, kind of man that wore a cravat. He, he had a cravat on, and uh, and then plus fours. You know, them baggy trousers what don't fit, fit properly because they go that they stop just below your knees. Oh, the old half Malsties, as me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you get all them posh Scottish folks wearing when they're going golfing at St St Andrews and that. Um, yeah, them on, and um, yeah. So, but he may well have been, as you so eloquently put, uh, Alan, a posh twat. But yeah. what he had to you say. Know, from with working class people like us, and I, I can't be doing with folks like that. If I'm, honest. I'm kind of with. Like you say, he, he sounded like he, he said like he knew his beans. He, he certainly did, and and his beans were all. Uh, pointing to the fact that it it would appear that the police report was right that uh, according to the met office on that night in fact it's a matter of public record as he's pointed out uh, indeed that van slid on freezing ice freezing rain rather sort of freak atmospheric conditions resulting in the death of the four of them so there was no bikers. I, ne- I never knew such a thing existed. I mean, it's 
And I, I, I could see him holding up his. I could see him holding up. I could see him holding it up as well while we were talking, and it was holding the same. Holding what up exactly? Yeah, I was going the to document. Say. Sorry, the oh, document. Sorry, right. Oh, right. I see. It wasn't one of those calls then. No, no. He went to Harrow, so it wouldn't have surprised me. It no, it's all right. It was just a normal Skype call. I wasn't paying by the minute or anything like that. Right. Um, um, For a change. Well, yeah. I get lonely. Um, so um, you live in Holland, man. How do you get lonely living in Holland? Well, there is that. There is that. But I'll tell. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll your digress. Sort of chat lines usually, you know, I'll, you know, I'll digress. The, the, I'll, the sort of slightly older lady, but you usually end up talking about the weather and stuff. I'll, I'll digress for a minute, mate, but I'll that's, tell you... Oh, is that why you were talking to him? That's yeah. right. Ah, I see. That only it all makes a bit more sense now. It was more yeah. of a social call than a professional call. No, uh, not quite. Not quite. Any, 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 any way, Mr Blackstock, right, if if you don't mind. Um, I've started it. It's true, as, as is ever the case. Um, now... Just like that time on the bus in Bogota. You well, never, I mean, never, never mind that. I still get Benny we and had to walk Fifteen miles back back into town from the, after that. I mean, yeah, you really did go completely berserk then. Yeah, well, well, I, I mean, you got me riled up. You got me riled up. I couldn't help it. That bloody yeah. bloke. He, he just got on my wick at the end. You know, I didn't mean to punch him, but I just had to. It's all your fault. You just you. You've, you know, it's got me, it's got me round. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't realise I was like, you know, I kind of did, I did used to like lighting your fuse, as it were, Alan, and and watching you go, you know, but it's boring on the road, isn't it? You know, nothing happens really. You go from one place to another, same old, same old, and then sometimes it's great fun just to watch a, a crazy uh, Yorkshireman, you know, stomp off in the middle of the, you know, of some sort of dusty road in Central America and uh, and think, well, I wonder where he's going to go. I'm sure that's going to be an adventure for him. I think I was I mean, doing you a favour, to be honest with you, mate. I was I was lost in the bloody Colombian jungle for about three days. Three days after that. I did have to send out a search party, didn't they, if I remember rightly. But anyway... I thought I'd been kidnapped by a bloody drug cartel. Oh, that's true. That's true. But I think they were trying to avoid you. They were that angry. I think even they were scared of you. I think it probably took you three days to calm down after after that little incident. But anyway, talking of well, incidents. He wouldn't let me have the window seat. He'd seen the journey before. I don't know, but he was like right it was next to his like sick mother and Alarma. I mean, you know, he didn't really have a lot of choice but to be fair. He, that was his bloody dear Licky Mute. I've never seen the lovely views of Bogota before. I mean he could have I mean it wasn't very civic minded of him, shall we say. So um, it was, in fact, the weather that That's killed him. Classic That's Ryan. What saying. Waiting for the rhythm section to get going for him. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You, 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 line, you line them up, boys, and I'll, I'll knock them out of the park. Um, but so yes, the meteorological evidence matches the police evidence. Right. So basically, not, we've wasted three of about six hours then. There's not a lot we can... We didn't waste it, though, because we didn't do it for nothing, did we? That's true, that's true. And we have actually uncovered the reason why they died, even though it was actually a matter of public record in the meteorological report from 1973. But we, the fists of justice, have brought it to the attention of the wider world. So, mystery no more. Hopefully we'll see a few of the old, you know, 
black country through boot. I mean, someone must have recorded them on their cassettes or their their two inch tape. You know, there must be some, some you know some set recordings that we can get back into the world now we've drawn attention to the band i'm sure there's some, there's probably some eight tracks kicking about as well somewhere i'm sure there is i mean you know back in the day everybody was recording everything one day and then selling it on so hopefully hopefully we might be able to see you know bring some of their classics to light once again you know so um who knows who knows where this will go but anyway the long and the short of it is well actually no wait a minute there's still something that I'm slightly confused about. There's still there some, something with the long and the short of it that still we haven't solved the problem of. Well, that's right. The first problem being, why was the passenger door still at the top of Spaghetti Junction when they went over the edge of it, which seems kind of strange? And the second one, of course, is the where is Jack Newell's Todger? Nobody ever it was never found at the oh, scene. We know it wasn't. No, it wasn't. In, we know it wasn't in. Uh, Craig's velvet pouch. So I mean, I'd got <laughs> that sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> mm. I'm sure it, I'm sure it is a euphemism. I'm sure that's yeah. why I kept it in a velvet pouch. Just, I'm pretty sure that Craig never really saw a velvet pouch, but <laughs> but <clears throat> the thing is, I think the policeman kind of alluded to the fact that the injuries sustained to Jack Newell were not commensurate with a road traffic accident. I mean, and that's, I mean, you know, that's still, that's still a mystery. What caused, what caused, I mean, you know, what caused the separation? What caused the, you know, disappearance? I mean, well, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, 1973 forensics weren't, weren't weren't what they were, but um, no. And and the the van was on fire. If it come off, it still could have just burnt up and disappeared. Oh, that's probably likely. But I think it's the coming off bit that's, that, that confuses me somewhat. Um, but anyway, you know, I suppose strange things happen in road traffic accidents. So, in in essence, then we have the collectively with our guests solved the mystery of the Black Country 3's death. There was, in fact, a just a bit of bad luck coming back from a, from a failed gig at the Old Grouse, heading back to up Constitution Hill to a, to another gig back in that sort of home territory, the Whitehall Cellars, and then, unfortunately, a sort of act of God, if you like, strange meteorological impact on a very cold road with cold, freezing rain, patches of ice, off you go, over the edge, boom, all over. Well, there you go. I mean, it puts it in perspective, doesn't it? It does. I mean, does, if you think yeah. about it, could have been anybody. Could have been anybody that night. Could have been us that. Could have, very easily could have been us. You're not wrong. So, if anyway. In, if we hadn't been, you know. On the stage at the time. Yeah, we could have been no sorts of bother. Yeah, absolutely. Or any of us could drive at the time. But anyway, or in a fit state to drive, to be fair. So that's it then. So fists of justice, well done. Mystery solved. Well, the majority of the mystery solved. Well, we, we now know the barkers, you know. Full of shit. No of nonsense. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think that's a, that's a, that's a real win by in anybody's record. I think there's a lot of people in Birmingham who will be very thankful for us, uh, you know, bringing, bringing this to, the, to light. And uh, finally... 
giving these boys, you know, some some well deserved peace and rest. So, yeah. I mean, some the family members, you know, they've reached out, and I know they'll be very they'll be very happy to hear the, hear the conclusions. The yeah, absolutely. So, without further ado, if you have got a mystery that you uh, want to solve, particularly with a musical, uh, you know, bent to it, then uh, we are the fists of justice. And we're here to to bring you justice and give it a jolly good fisting. We have indeed. Fists of justice. Five fingers of justice right in your face. Five fingers of justice going elbow deep into the tooth. Absolutely. So, lads, listen, um, I've got you back together again because some new information has come to light about this case. So, you know, last time we spoke, we figured we'd fisted the living bejesus out of this and that, you know, we'd solved it or as much as it could be solved by you know, a 50 year old case. We had, you know, it was like a glove puppet to us at that, but, you know, we'd, we were well inside of it, you know, fingers we, outstretched. Every every inch of it we explored. And, um, you know, as we've mentioned, yeah. It was the it was the you know black ice formed by the freezing rain that led to their demise. Well, as you may recall, there were still two outstanding mysteries that we never managed to get to the bottom of. The first one being the passenger side door from the Thames van, still being on top of Spaghetti Junction while the van was crashed at the bottom. And the second one was, of course, the disappearance and dismemberment uh, of Jack Newell's knob. They were a great band. I remember you know, punk, weren't they? Punk band. Yeah, they, they came along. After, they came along not long, not long after this, actually, when when punk sort of came up in yeah, the late seventies. I think Peter had them under his wing for a short period of time. If that's I probably correctly. probably why they they never made any money. Um, poor lads. Yeah, that's a shame. And it, imagine being, you know, all the world in front of you, and then Peter Sloop gets his fingers into you. And then you've had it. But anyway, cool name, Jack Newell's knob. And I just realised, of course, that um, that will be referring to Jack Newell and his missing knob. So, um, yeah. I, mean, I, I do want, I mean, yeah, Jack Newell's knob. And then you had the Sex Pistols, two very similar sort of themed bands. I wonder if there was some sort of connection there. Oh, well, well, I think Peter Sleep did, 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 you know, fancy himself in his later, you know, career as a bit of a um, Malcolm McLaren character. Um, but more, uh, like, more like Vivian Bloody Westwood, but it was more like she's now. Well, that's true. I, I mean, I think he was more of a. Yeah, we, can't, we can't get sued by the bloody by Lady Sloop. We, no, that's true. Not again. Not again. Anyway, moving swiftly on. Um, Jack Neal's knob was missing, was a punk, punk band. However, what you're about to hear, gentlemen, will shock your rigid. I'm <laughs> 
say after that i'm stunned i'm 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 in i'm I'm in i'm shaking i need to have a drink i'm absolutely shaking i can't believe that well i can't my first question is yes clive harris you got your number but anyway well as you may or may not know um i do keep in contact with some of the old crowd that used to hang around and uh alice happened to be one of them um and of course, I did know. I don't know that, if I want know, to ask why. You know, Alice was, you know, Alice Granger and eventually married, you know, Hugh. Hugh. Um, 
but um, you know, she was knocking them off at the time, like so. But you know, fair play to the lass, and like she says, it was a time of you know where where people were were freer about these things, I think, and she was enjoying herself, and there's no harm in that. So you know, no shame here. But the poor lass wasn't was it Grangey, your, your ex's surname. Right? It was. Are you saying that you've been in touch with my ex's sister all well, the way along? Well. You never really come up in the conversation, to be fair, mate. Um, but yes, I, I totally am. But you know, just the occasional Christmas card, the odd dick pic, you know, that kind of thing. Nothing serious. How many years was it when, when between us talking and and you're talking to you're talking to a bloody Granger all along, sending pictures of your fetid little mushroom to her? Well. I'm, 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 I'm distraught. I, I, I thought I was in shock before I heard that. You know, just after hearing that that video, and I, I can't even speak. I can't even speak. I, I, I'm, I, mean, I feel, I feel betrayed. I, mean, I, I, I can only feel for you, Brian. I know what betrayal feels like by a close personal friend. Well, look, I'm sorry, lads. You know, it was nothing serious. You know, I never, like, say, we never talked about you, mate. Let's not get distracted by old, you know, old wounds. They don't need to be reopened. Um, Alice was in the van at the time, helping, you know, Jack with his dress. And the poor lass, I mean, how terrible to be. I mean, it, I can understand why she's you know, traumatised. I mean, the, the, I can only imagine what she's felt for the last. 50 years. I can sort of understand why she's kept it quiet up till now. I mean, you would, wouldn't you, for goodness sake? <clears throat> well, yeah, to this day, I, mean, I suppose. It's, it's, it, I can understand why she married Hugh. I mean, she was deeply troubled. So it, 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 that, that makes more sense now to me. Well, there you go. So, the long and the short of it is, well, the long being the Jack Newell's novel, of course, as we know, but that's how it happened. So basically, terrible accident circumstances you know happened to you know distract him from his driving next thing you know she's been flung out of the of the side of the van in the crash luckily landing on the um the door to prevent further injury and there you go that is the full story we have uncovered the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth we, we promised we would and we have achieved our goal job done Job done, fellas. Right, well, on that rather terrifying and somewhat disturbing bombshell, I think we better leave this the hell alone. I think I think we had, and I think me and you need to have a conversation off air, uh, Mr Gale, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm busy now, mate. I'm just getting my greenhouse delivered. Oh, uh, that's convenient, isn't it? It's like Morocco 72 all over again. Oh, I didn't want to be the first to say it, Alan. I didn't want to be the first to say it. 